Is soda the water of the future? What happens if a human drinks gasoline? It makes a car go faster, so what about us? All these questions you can find the answer to on this Paranormal Life. Hello, hello, welcome back everyone to This Paranormal Life, the comedy podcast where every week we investigate a brand new paranormal tale And as professional paranormal investigators, we come to a conclusion as to whether it is real or it is false. That's right. Today, we are going to investigate what gasoline, what petroleum to the Brits out there in the listenership, uh, what happens when you drink that. And Rory's just got a big old gallon of the stuff right here in front of him. Oh, yes. And he's ready to chug a lug. I always uh, talk about how I compare myself to a car. mm -hmm. You know, I like to go fast. Like to go uh, fast, you know. If you were a car, you would be a muscle car. Exactly, because I'm, I'm jacked. Oh yeah. Uh, I'll also, I'll, like, I'll break down a lot. Like, yeah, you're kind of a classic car in that respect. A classic muscle car. You know, yeah. I'm quite unreliable. <laughs> Strong, good to look at, uh, but unbelievably faulty in many ways. Yeah, I'm really hard to steer in one direction as well. Uh huh. Like, if you tell me to just like go to school or something, I'll be like. F- you dad and like, i'll do what i want and then i'll try and leave but i kind of break down on the way out of the house yeah emotionally as well as emotionally physically. physically yeah whenever you start heading towards something in life the brakes don't work if you've made a bad decision the brakes do not do not work and folks. honestly i think all of that is because i just i'm out of gas right so i think if i just put a couple bit more in the tank a couple then, bit more <laughs> i'm breaking down here man you know what? We'll try and get through the podcast and then right, we'll save that for the time end. time at the end, right. We, we, I'll chug the gasoline. Because <laughs> we don't have time to mess around here today, folks. We have an incredible paranormal, well, possibly paranormal, mystery to solve. Okay? Now, in today's story, we're investigating a possibly paranormal mystery that, to this day, remains unsolved. Whoa. On February 25th, Five friends drove 50 miles north to Chico, California to watch a local basketball game. After the game, they stopped by a market to pick up some drinks and snacks for the drive home. They left the store, hopped in the car, and that was the last time any of them were seen alive. Wow. This mystery is known as the American Dyatlov Pass Incident. And you might have to break down that name for maybe the listeners who haven't heard our episode about the Dyatlov Pass incident. So this is a case that actually you investigated. Um, I did. And it was a case in Russia, I believe, Mm -hmm. where a group of skiers or hitchhikers went up a mountain and they all were found dead. Yeah, this group of hikers and mountaineers, young student group, went out into the snowy wilderness of uh, Russia and basically... Like this story, were never seen alive again. And when they did show up and they were found, the details of that were kind of gruesome, mysterious, and to this day, unsolved. Someone had like radiation poisoning. There was like... It was crazy. Put it this way. They didn't know. You'll have to listen to the episode. They didn't know if an avalanche had hit him, if a UFO had abducted them. (laughs) You know what? All I can say is because there are even any parallels drawn between these two cases, it should be an indication of how weird things are going to get today. And we're going to America, so things are going to be bigger, they're going to be crazier. More guns? It's going to be <laughs> wild. So let's just hop right in. The five men that went missing were Bill Sterling, Jack Hewitt, Ted Weir, Jack Madruga, and Gary Mathias. 
five men ranging from 24 to 32, all from Yuba City, California. As we mentioned, on February 25th, they all decide they want to go watch this university basketball game between Chica and Chica State. You know the long-term rivalry there between the Chica clans? Between what? <laughs> Ch- this is a location, Chica, California. Right. And Chica's- I'm not saying ladies. No, I know, but like you're also saying it was a game between two of what sounds like the same word. So is this Chica. two different teams? Yeah, like you'd have like Georgia and Georgia Tech. Okay, okay, like, okay. You know, okay. different universities and teams in the same location. Okay, cool. Now, Jack Madruga and Gary Mathias were the only two in the group who actually had a driver's license. So Jack offered to be the driver for the night. The crew grabbed their jackets as it was pretty snowy at this time. They jumped into his... 1968 Mercury Montego and headed north for the game. That's a Rory vehicle, it sounds like. That's a muscle car, <laughs> if I've ever seen one before. Where is uh, Yuba? Yuba City? Because I don't know. Don't do this to me, man. <laughs> I mean, you I have Google. You know that I don't know this. You can just look it up. You, like, I'm only asking. I don't Yuba expect you to City. know. Whatever I know is in the f-ing research. That's it. If I know where it is, it's in the dock. Okay, so the the edges of your Google Dock are just like the fringes of space. Yuba City is a city in Northern California. Are you happy now? Well, we knew it was in California, so it's not that surprising that it's Northern California, especially because it was snowy. it's, it's It's a place in Northern California that's prone to winter weather. All right, and at this time of year, it was particularly winter. Granted. Okay. Does that answer your question? Particularly winter. They arrived at the location, they watched the game, and their team won, so they headed back home. It's kind of a win. (laughs) If you support Chica, then it's kind of a win-win situation. Because you can pretty much just flip jerseys real easy. There's like... They have a a collaboration. You can... It's it's reversible, depending on who wins. So they headed home at 9.50 p.m. The men stopped at a nearby market to pick up some snacks. The store clerk, who was later interviewed, said they weren't acting strange. In fact, they seemed perfectly normal. But when the men never returned home, police knew something bad had happened. Possibly something paranormal. I don't think the police thought that. The police definitely did not think that. Well, they thought something bad had happened. What year was and this? And I thought that there was something okay, paranormal. So, so you just rolled it. That really hurt my ears. So I just rolled, you just rolled your thoughts into the police's thoughts there. Just a little tagline. Okay. Like if the police have a report where it was like, it was a triple homicide. Uh, we caught the suspect. Mm-hmm. We have him here at the station. He's admitted to everything. So mm-hmm. obviously this is an open and shut case. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, open and shut paranormal case. You caught the wizard. And they're like, please leave the station, sir. You, I don't know how you got in here. I think you're being arrested for a crime right now. I think you were on the way to the visitor's center where your son was going to see you <laughs> because he only gets to visit his jailed up dad 30 minutes a month. You can't blame me for not wanting to see him. He's a pretty big disappointment. I lost control of the volume of my voice after the paranormal incident. <laughs> after the divorce. She got all my money. Is that what he means by paranormal? Because it wasn't normal, was it? She took everything. It was pretty freaking mean, actually. (laughs) What the f*** are we talking about? Uh, Oh, yeah. When they never returned home, the police believed that something horrible had happened. Possibly paranormal. 
The police started investigating the disappearance. What had happened to these men? They searched in squad cars up and down the same route that the men had taken to get to their basketball game, but they couldn't find anything. No car, no footprints in the snow, nothing. That's when, on February 28th, three days later, they got a call. This is the Plumas National Forest Ranger calling in about an abandoned vehicle. I didn't think anything of it at the start, because a lot of people come up here to go skiing with their families. But I saw the missing persons bulletin, and I recognized the vehicle. Finally a lead. Whoa, yeah, I mean, that pretty much <laughs> hit the nail on the head. <laughs> because I don't really know anything about, like I say, Yuba. I don't know anything about that area. But I know Northern California has a lot of trees. Yeah. A lot of parks. Oh, yeah. Uh, a lot of outdoors, basically. So it is it is conceivable that you could get lost, break down, something like that. Definitely weird that they didn't find them in a lay-by or yeah. something like that, broken down. But... Yeah, it's not outside the realms of possibility that they ended up in a national park like this. Well, it's what you said. The officers get ready to head to the abandoned vehicle, but its location doesn't make any sense. The car was 70 miles from Chico, way off their route home. Right, okay. So you'd have to go super out of your way to make it there. And they left at 10 p.m. Yeah, this isn't getting lost. This is driving to a different location. So what happened to these people, Kit? Were they carjacked? Did their car slide on the ice and slide and slide and keep sliding for miles? 70 miles? Is that the best explanation for what happened here? Well, no, it isn't because they went uphill and you can't slide uphill. <laughs> I assume this is the argument they're having in the this police precinct. This was in the police yeah. precinct. It's 3 a.m. There's like... Maybe they slid for 70 straight miles. <laughs> Fuck it, we're going to need more coffee and donuts in here. <laughs> Sandra, get a thousand more donuts. We're going to be here all night. Sandra gets into the cop car to go buy more donuts and just slides into the horizon. <laughs> On the icy roads. So after a short journey, the police finally arrive at the car and things only get stranger. Inside the car was the wrappers and empty soda cans that they had purchased at the market along with the program for the basketball game they had attended. But by the looks of it, the car had driven up the road until it had become stuck in the snow. But not even that badly. Like, it wouldn't have taken even five men to just push this thing loose. Mm -hmm. And that's after three days of snowfall as well. On top of this, there were no keys in the car, so the keys had been taken when the car stopped. But when the police hotwired the car, it started immediately with a quarter tank full of gas. So there was no obvious reason why the car would be abandoned? Absolutely not. For all we know, it looks like they just parked the car, turned it off, and left in yeah. the middle of the wilderness. That's incredibly creepy if you can imagine what it was like to be... Imagine you were on that case from the moment that they these people were reported missing yeah. through to standing there in the snow 70 miles off track with an abandoned car. Terrifying. In the middle of a power... In, in the middle of a snowy national park. So the police tried to search the area, but a huge snowstorm rolled in that day, forcing the officers to leave the scene. Before long, the case started picking up media coverage, local news, missing person reports. It was taken over the town. The police were getting multiple calls about sightings of the men, particularly after the reward money for information was mentioned. 
course, you got to sweeten that deal for folks. Suddenly they start remembering. Those lips are getting a little looser around these parts. <laughs> they didn't remember. Till old George Washington shit. Wait, who's on the 100? Uh, is it Benjamin? Benjamin? I feel like... Benji? It, I feel, oh, yeah, because like Abraham's... Talk a lot about Benjamins. The Benjamins, yes. Which, of so course. it's probably not the $1 bill. <laughs> They're not rapping about how much they can't afford lunch. Now, as you can imagine, a lot of these calls were pure nonsense. But one in particular stood out. A man named Joseph of Sacramento told the police that he had seen the men that night. How? Well, because he actually spent the night in that area in his own car. What? Joseph had driven up there to check the snow before a weekend ski trip with his family. But at 5.30 the same evening the men went missing, he also got stuck in the snow. And in the process of trying to push his car out, he basically started having a heart attack. <laughs> God. So he jumped back into his car for safety. <laughs> From the heart attack? I mean, I guess. I think it was more to just get warm. Okay. Not like seal the doors and hope that it can't follow you inside. You can't run from you can't run no. from a heart attack. That's you what they you definitely can't ski away from it. This man should not be participating in action sports. Yeah, but <laughs> don't go skiing with your family if your heart's that fragile, you stupid old man. So he's been in this car having a heart attack. Six hours later lying in the car, experiencing severe pain. Whoa. He told the police he saw headlights coming up behind him. When he looked out the back window, he saw a car parked with its headlights on and a group of people all standing around it. One of which he claimed looked like a woman holding a baby. He called for help because he's still having a heart attack, <laughs> I guess. I don't know how long heart attacks go on for. But after he yells out for help, they just stop talking and the headlights turn off. Joseph also said that later on he recalled a pickup truck parking behind him briefly and then continuing on down the road. But he also told police that he could not be sure of any of this or anything at the time because he was, quote, almost delirious from the pain. <laughs> I mean, on the one hand, I kind of imagine that this car was found in an incredibly remote area. Yeah. Especially that time of night. We wouldn't associate a park like that with having a lot of cars. But miraculously, we seem to have at least one other uh, bystander, um, although they do seem to be somewhat impaired. But some of what he's describing sounds totally realistic. It does seem to describe what it matches what the police have seen, which is that the car arrived. The car was turned off. The yeah. people left the car, stood around it. Um, but then it's also peppered in like the woman and the baby. How does that picture? A second uh, pickup a truck? A second pickup? I mean, surely the whoever came in the second pickup would <laughs> either help the stranded people or the guy having the heart attack. I mean, it's such a mad coincidence that at the same time and place that these guys went missing, there was another dude in a car having a heart attack. But, I mean, it all checks out. The next morning, Joseph said he walked down the road to a lodge where the manager drove him back home. And in that drive, they actually passed by the men's abandoned car right at the place where he said that he heard the voices that night. So as soon as the police started putting out messages saying that they were looking for this type of car, he knew that that was the abandoned one that he noticed in the woods that night. Got it. Got it. So it does line up a little bit. If only he wasn't so goddamn delirious. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it's not <laughs> helping. And now he's at hospital. They're pumping him full of meds. Yeah. Full of painkillers. He's starting to jazz up the story a little bit. <laughs> so I'm in the front seat having a heart attack. See, and Miles Davis is in the back playing some smooth, smooth sounds. Well, with reported sightings dying down and no more leads to follow, officers just had to wait basically until the blizzard ended and the higher up snow melted. Which, as we know from the show, the first 48, your investigation is f***ed. Yeah. By oh, the time yeah. that snow's melted... I mean, like, I don't really know what I'm talking about, but supposedly there's like a very condensed period of time where you got to make that initial investigation. Yeah, exactly. Because then, you know, you're going to lose evidence. You're going to lose witnesses. Their memory's going to get foggy. And you know what? They missed the window by quite a bit because it took four months for this snow (laughs) to fall. (laughs) What? It took till summer? June 4th. The guy in the car has already had his ski holiday gone back to work, had another heart attack. (laughs) June 4th, a group of motorcyclists were driving up in the woods along the now damp and cold paths, around 19 miles from where the Montego car was found. Oh my God, how thick was that snow? It must have been insane, impenetrable. Wow, I really know nothing about Northern California. It's either that or they didn't give a fuck. (laughs) It's hard to tell. I don't know enough about the case. So these motorcyclists were up there driving in the woods. They rode past a nearby trailer that was maintained by the Forest Service at a nearby campsite and noticed the front window had been smashed. Strange, because with the temperatures that they'd had over winter, no one was staying this far up the mountain. The men approached the cabin and slowly pushed the door open find out what they found on next week's episode of this paranormal life that's right folks we've got a big old two-parter this week as we said before you know this story even having anything to do with the dyatlov pass incident should let you know just how crazy this story gets this is about to get messed up folks so much weird stuff happens that i felt a little bad condensing it down into one story so if you tune in next week you'll be able to hear the conclusion to the american dyatlov pass incident what a story so far right Good lord. I mean, we got so many loose ends to tie together. What the hell happened? Why would you drive a car 70 miles into the wilderness, turn off the the engine, and just walk out into the snow? What's the second pickup truck? Is the man who had the heart attack still alive? (laughs) We don't know. And, like, how are there still leads after four months? That's what I want to know. It's crazy. And wait till you find out what is going on in this cabin. Things are gonna get weird, my friend. We're talking Bruno's room level. (laughs) Ancient alien constructs painted on the walls. Statues of philosophers. (laughs) Humans in greys hugging, making out. It's gonna be weird. But thank you so much for tuning in. I cannot wait for next week where we get to the bottom of this case. But if you can't wait for the second half of that episode and you need some more paranormal deliciousness in your life, hey, we have a whole backlog of episodes over on Patreon.com where for as little as five, what is doll, five bucks for the small price of a couple Quincy Adams, for a couple John Quincy Adams, which is obviously five dollars, 
you can get access to a whole backlog of bonus episodes. Bonus. We're talking hours here, folks, so go check that out. And also, if you do support us on Patreon, as always, we like to give you a little special shout-out at the end of our regular episodes. So, thank you very much to... Rose Keating. Rose Keating, my life force is depleting. Give me some of that sweet, sweet gasoline, baby. Because oh, this yeah. car wants to drive. I mean, it might kill you, but I have a really good feeling about it. We said we'd save it uh, for the end of this episode. So as soon as these shoutouts are done, Rose, you and me are sharing a gasoline I really think it's going to fire you up for the next episode. I think people are really going to enjoy the next episode. I'm excited, man. Thanks also to Derek. That's right, Derek the Cleric. Just about the holiest <laughs> man in the paranormal commune. Uh, wow. It, most religious people focus on one religion. They're right. like really good at Christianity, really good at Hinduism. He's an expert, a jack of all trades, master of none, if you will. He's the he's the social butterfly at the party that just knows everyone. He's like, hey, Buddha, how you doing, man? Mm-hmm. Jesus, my man, mm-hmm. how's it going? He's high-fiving people. He's hanging out, Which bread is, and wine. I think against the rules of a lot of religions almost all of them i don't know how he got into the party of the gods because they all hate him pretty bad but hey we admire your faith thanks also to ryan scott ryan's got a big old whoa 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 what that's i've that's all i'm saying that's all i'm saying i'll move on but it's there man thanks also to marissa brown marissa brown the paranormal clown you know how some clowns will, like, pull a rabbit from a hat to, like, entertain the kids? Of course. I saw her pull the chupacabra from a bag. Whoa. Yeah. In hindsight, that's not really a magic trick. Because it wasn't like a... Yeah. It was just in a bag. Yeah. Like, before the show, it was kicking and screaming. And, you know, there, was very, there wasn't a lot of pageantry to it. Yeah. Now that I think about it, she just let the chupacabra loose at a kid's play party. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the dedication to the craft. I guess she stalked the chupacabra for years, probably, just for that trick. <laughs> Only to capture it, then set it free at a children's party. That's beautiful, actually. It's really cool. Well done. Not for little Timmy. No. First God, and last God rest birthday. his soul. <laughs> Thank you to Adam Kratcher. That's right. Thank you, Adam, who lives in Adam, uh, above a <laughs> tiny, beautiful uh, village uh, in the European countryside where just sort of like a weird Disney villain, he holds back all the water wow. from them. So he built the dam? He built and lives in the dam. Okay. Adam lives in the dam. Why would he? Why? I feel like this is blood money that he's contributing at this point. We don't want your damn money, Adam. See what I did there? Uh, oh, I just got a text. Oh, he took our water. Oh. Yeah, he took... I I guess I was a bit too mean to him with that pun. He took our water. He took well. our water? I don't know. It's Do you not think even... it's just ours or like all of the cities? Must be London's, right? Because he only works in dams. Damn scale. Exactly. Fuck. Give me some water, Adam, please. I'm thirsty. I didn't realize how thirsty I was till it's gone. We open, <laughs> we open up BBC News. The Thames is dry. <laughs> Adam! Thank you, Adam, for your damn money. Thanks also to Mark Barry. Mark actually tried to bury me alive. What? Yeah. He uh, took me to the cemetery, clonked me over the head with a shovel, and uh, I fell right in that pit. I woke up seven hours later. I mean, good thing he is incredibly out of shape. He hadn't got very far at all. 
Even though several hours had passed, it was like up to my ankles. He wanted to bury you six feet under. He managed, what, half a foot? Not much at all. There's it was no reason to it do it. It was weird for you to agree to go to the cemetery at night in the first place. I like, I like, I like Mark Berry. He's a good guy. He's not. He tried to kill you. Oh, yeah. I don't remember so good after the shovel hit. Thanks also to Celine Simmons. Celine Simmons, relative of legendary rock star Gene Simmons? <laughs> Mr. <laughs> I want to party all night and what is it? <laughs> if you can't remember the lyrics to I rock and roll all night. Rock and roll all night and party every day. That's like the jock test. If you can't recite that course, you, you don't belong on the football team, my friend. Shit, but I'm the best damn quarterback we've ever seen. But you don't know the lyrics. Go catch a book, nerd. I'm seven foot tall, 300 pounds, <laughs> unbelievably gifted savant of the sport. Your dad was Atlanta Falcons star Matt Ryan, award-winning QB, but I don't know the lyrics, dad. They wouldn't let me let me in. <laughs> uh, Celine, must be weird growing up in the limelight like that, yeah. you know, in the shadow of your old man, but um, hey, you're shining pretty bright by our standards. Exactly. Thanks for the support. Just because of that, you made the team. Come on, you little scamp. Come on over here. Well done. Well done. You know the lyrics for next practice, though. Yeah. Thanks also to Jake Collingwood. Jake Collingwood is balling good. That's right. The breakout star of 2019 NBA. Uh, he can just drain three-pointers. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you know he's making those bucks off of those. And he's throwing a couple coins our way. Just... Just from the half court, just throwing those in the bucket of the paranormal peasants. He's the number one in the sport. He's the number one on the court. Jake the Rake, they call him, because he's tall and thin and pointy, but he can shoot three pointies. Like, it's no problem. You're good at basketball, Jake, is what we're trying to say. We're trying to beat her on the bush, but that's the fact of the matter. I think it's very evident that neither of us play sports. <laughs> we could barely say the name of the sport. Thank you to Christian Lang. Christian's never missing. That's right. You can hear the crack of that baseball bat when this MLB star steps up to bat. <laughs> Christian, get that golden glove on because you're the best damn ball player this park's ever seen. And he isn't out there just stealing bases, but stealing our hearts. And he's knock, knock, knocking some of that MLB cash straight out of the park and into our pockets. Into the gloves of the paranormal fielders. I love it. Thank you. Thanks also to Aaron Nelson. They call him Aaron Fool Nelson. Ding, ding. Because he's always laying the smack down on suckers. Too bad a few years back, kind of pre-WWE uh, fame, he challenged Dwayne The Rock Johnson to a bout in a uh, car park somewhere yes. in the States. And... Um, well, he beat his skinny ass into the ground. Turns out if you're king of the ring, that doesn't necessarily lead to king of the park. The car no. park. Because they're dirty street rules. And Dwayne's a pretty big guy, it turns out. Thank you, Aaron, nonetheless, for your contribution to the wrestling world. A lot of incredible sporting gods really support this podcast. It's amazing. It's weird. We must have had a feature in, like... <laughs> I don't know Can't a single sports magazine. One single sports. <laughs> <laughs> we 
Must have had a feature in Sports Weekly. Must have had a feature in Playboy or <laughs> some magazine. Thank you to Rachel A. Leggett. Rachel loves to leg it when she's doing that 100-meter sprint at the Olympics. That's right. We got a runner on our feet, people. Rachel is taking human athleticism to its peak. She is an Olympic goddess. Sure, all these other people can toss a ball, throw a punch, full a Nelson, but Rachel's the only one that can run fast. Which is kind of the original sport. We've been doing that since we were fish. <laughs> since we were fish? <laughs> That's really funny. So thank you, Rachel, for legging it all the way over to the paranormal peasants and throwing some of your Olympic golds in our basket. Thanks also to uh, Rory Sucks. How dare you? It's what I didn't say, it, dude. It's, it don't what's shoot the, the messenger. What's the name? What's Rory the guy's, sucks. You, you're on thin ice. You're on thin ice. You, you understand the, the like what we're doing here. We're reading out people's what they've written as their name on the site. Yeah, yeah, and you're blasting me. You're blasting me from nowhere. What's the name? You're gonna get mad if I say it again. Say what the what did they write in their contact details? Okay, just to be Is clear, it's not that so, hard, so Brainiac. You, so you do understand that they they write it and then I just read it out and yeah. it's not my words. Yeah. Okay, fine. Rory sucks. You f***ing asshole! Ah! Thank you also to Seda Tulu. Seda Tulu wears a tutu is just about the most graceful ballerina of all time. Wow. That's right, they're on some uh, black swan shit. They're possessed by a demon to dance. And dancing is kind of like the original sport. We've been doing that since we were fish. Maybe before. But thanks, Seda, because... Uh, I don't really know if uh, ballerinas make a lot of cash, but I guess they do because you're throwing some our way. It's super appreciated. Couldn't do it without you. Thank you. Thank you also to, oh my God, Kane West. Who's Kane West? <laughs> K- uh, ever heard of Gold Digger? Ever heard of uh, Black Skinhead? Ever heard of... Isn't that... That's... Black skinhead. You're thinking of Kanye West. Oh, that's like different. Kanye West. You said, what did you say? Kane West? Oh, this, this is just a person. This is just a regular guy. Oh, that's so stupid of me. I guess it's just Winter Olympic gold winning snowboard medalist Kane West. Right. That's still really impressive. I guess. Like, that's another really huge mm. athletic person that we mm. have in our support. Well, I mean, I guess if you count the Winter Olympics as the Olympics, I guess. So rude to Kane. Thanks, Kane, I guess, for your snowy little. <laughs> tiny gold medal they're the same size the winter ones aren't smaller or colder thanks kane thanks also to danilo enriquez danilo is pretty weird for someone who's so good at the high jump no that's right an olympic silver he did he's not quite oh. he didn't get the gold okay i said he's pretty good at the high jump i guess that's pretty impressive that's pretty i mean neither of us have any olympic medals year for what they make the cut for i need to know for what you tried out for. well i tried like a lot of different things but like i just didn't make the cut this year that's all for any well yeah because like if you're the best runner you're not necessarily going to be good at shock put shock put yeah you know you throw the ball or javelin where you throw the stick all of these olympic sports right 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 well like i i mean like i dabble 
I dabble in all of those. If you dabble in a sport, you shouldn't assume that you can be an Olympian. They just haven't seen me on my A game. Like, it gets to the day. You should bring your A game. That's the one day you should bring your A game. And I always feel tired, but like... This year, or like next year, I guess, next year will be the, the year. Well, hey, if you need a little bit of fire in the tank, brother, I got a whole thing of gasoline here waiting to get Just chugged. Wait. It's looking cold. It's looking icy. It's looking delicious. I'm, I'm excited. I'm thirsty, so I might join you. And thanks, lastly, but not leastly, to Sam Royal. Sam's a royal pain in my ass. What? Because he told me to not drink the gas. That's right. I told him what I was going to do. I told him my hypotheses. Yeah. And he... He told me not to drink the gas. All because he's some kind of quote-unquote doctor yeah, of it would, human medicine. And it might quote-unquote kill me. But you know what? Super rich coming from a doctor. Exactly. I'm pretty sure that's what they said to Captain America before he ingested the super soldier serum. Oh, hey, Cap. This might kill you. You know what happened to him? What? Well, he... He became Captain America. That's like he took it and it worked for him. He became really strong. Oh, yeah, because he was a dweeb before. He was a tiny little guy. And I'm pretty buff now. So if I drink this gasoline, imagine what's going to happen, man. I'm going to be like Captain Planet. It's going to be crazy. All right, so thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. I'm just going to... Rory's just... He's got it. It's really massive It's a really well. heavy... Uh, Do you think we should start with, like, a little amount or... No, Captain America didn't thing. start with a little amount of super soldier serum. He ingested you're, you're the right. whole thing. You're right, bro. And that, that was made by Nazi scientists. This was made by good old American ground. So, here we... I'm just going to thank... Well, before... I'm just going to say goodbye. Thank you so much for uh, joining us for this week's episode. We'll see you on Tuesday for part two. For part two where we conclude. And I'm going to be all fired up because I got fired this sweet, up. sweet gasoline, Oh, yeah. Buddy. Can't wait to see what happens. You all right? Oh, we forgot to do the sign-off. Number okay. two. Live fast. Investigate. And I, I have to go to the hospital. I have to go to the hospital right now. Oh. I just realized it's burning me up inside. Oh. We need to go now. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.